0: Welcome to the podcast, Life to the Fool, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. Where
1: we learn to forgive.
0: Hello ladies, it's always so great to be with you. I I just feel so blessed that I can talk to you precious ladies all over USA and all around the world. It was so wonderful, as my husband and I have just been doing in Above Ruby's Itinerary in England, to meet ladies who say I listen to your podcast it's so great to hear of people listening in other countries and I know you are listening in many different countries of the world well today I have with me Michelle Schrum and uh, Michelle and I are going to be sharing together today but before we do I want to catch you up with a few things but I'll get Michelle to say hi
1: Hello, it's so great to be here and be part of this.
0: Yes, so I thought I'd catch you up with um, what's been happening in the last few weeks. Uh, Colin and I have just got back after three weeks of being away. We were nearly three weeks in England, uh, speaking at an Above Rubies family camp and then at different meetings, traveling up throughout um, the U.K., and uh, we started down in the south of England in um, Hampshire and uh, then we gradually went up until we got right to the north of England up in Cumbria. And of course it was beautiful to just travel through that lovely country and uh, best of all just meeting the wonderful families and uh, as we had meetings and the precious families that we stayed with along the way. It was so wonderful. So um, I must say hi to Claire in the bath, Claire told me that she loves to listen to the podcasts in the bath because that's her quiet place uh, when she can be on her own. Although she loves being with her four darling little children, they were just so beautiful. I was amazed um, as we travelled and had different meetings to meet lots of new people, but to meet dear old friends. Um, One uh, lady arrived and I thought, I said, wow, hello, Margaret, how are you? And later I asked her, I said, Margaret, for how many years have you been coming to above Ruby's retreats or meetings? And she said, Nancy, I first came 24 years ago. Isn't that amazing? Uh, I can't believe we've been going to England for meetings for that many years and um, yes, we, we stayed with another lovely family, uh, Vicki and Phil Goldby, and their lovely, wonderful home that God has so amazingly provided for them. I actually printed a testimony about how God provided this home for them in Above Rubies. And um, I met Vicki about 14 years ago. And she has been coming to Above Ruby's retreats and meetings all through those years. And I've watched her little children grow. Now they've grown into fine young men and women. And now she is having her 10th baby. That was just so exciting, and of course, Chris and Anna Peach, I wonder if you are listening and their amazing family. we've been friends for years every time we go to England, we never fail to see them and um of course, I have here um right now I have Emily, who was one of my above Ruby's helpers here. and so while Emily was here holding the fort, um, I got to be with her mum and dad and other daughter uh, back in England. and her daughter Samantha, was an above Ruby's helper too, two times. and uh, so it was lovely to catch up with their parents also. And so we got to the end of our meetings and we had one day, one free day, and our dear friend Marta came down from Scotland to pick us up, take us back to Scotland, and anyway, I thought, well, we've only got one day together, we'll just have a nice time of, you know, catching up on what's been happening in the last couple of years, but no, that was not Marta's plan at all she said we've got a day planned so the next morning we set off she said we're going out to the west coast of scotland and i'm going to take you to a little island because she knew how much i have longed to go out to the hebrides to um The islands out in the Hebrides, west of Scotland, where there was once a mighty revival um, through Duncan Campbell. Well, actually, it started with two women who prayed and prayed and God just came mightily and moved. And I've always wanted to go out and wonder if I could still feel the lingerings of that revival. We had planned to do that with Marta and Adam, her husband, two years ago but it was all planned. um, And we also had um, other meetings and a big um, women's conference in London, but it was all cancelled because of the pandemic. So this was the first time we'd been back. Now, we only had one day. So she said, but we'll go to one little island. So we couldn't believe it. We thought we'd just drive out to the west of Scotland, not not believing how beautiful the scenery was going to be and we drove through just most beautiful hills and sheep on them and glorious trees and forests and and river just flowing by and it was just so restful and wonderful and uh, then we came to Oban and then on to uh, a bridge that we had to cross over and it was called the Bridge Across the Atlantic. Well, really ladies, it was only a little bridge but it did cross the Atlantic. It was just a little part of where the Atlantic came in and so we were truly crossing the Atlantic but that was quite fun to do. And then we moved on, and in a little boat, we went over to this island. It was called Easedale Island, and it was a slate island where they used to mine the slate that was used for roofing all over the world. Um, And anyway, back in 1881, there was a terrific storm that came, And with the high tide and this storm, it completely flooded the island, flooded all the slate mines. So they were never able to mine slate there again. But anyway, we were able to walk around the island and and see where these slate mines were. And now they were filled with water and they were beautiful little lakes. It was so lovely. Uh, Colin wasn't able to walk around the island because... He's been on crutches for quite a few months with a very bad knee. Although when we left for England, he decided to throw away his crutches and he went on two walking sticks, which wasn't so cumbersome. And uh, he managed to get around everywhere on those. So he had to stay behind in the museum, which uh, turned out so great for him because he found out that way back going way back to our ancestors, that um, Duncan Campbell, yes, he had married into another family who owned these mines. So then it became part of the Campbells. And so he found out that our ancestors actually owned Easdale Island and some of the other islands around. So he thought that was quite great. Anyway, so um, that one day was like a month's holiday and uh, then we flew home the next day from Edinburgh down to Heathrow quarterplane back to the u s We were home for a day, and uh, to find lots of things that happened to find that uh, somehow um, someone had taken a plug out somewhere and and two deep freezers had gone rotten, so we lost two deep freezes of food and so I had to take hold of that scripture where it says to joyfully, where they joyfully took the spoiling of their goods. So and then the septic tank had overflowed into the house. And it's amazing how all these happen, things happen when we're away. Oh, and another adventure that happened. They even had a skunk in the office and I mean, I've never even seen a skunk on our property for the 22 years we've lived here. And here they had this skunk that they had to try and get out. And you can still smell it, (laughs) even since I've got home. But anyway, as soon as we got home, we had a day at home, and then we flew to San Diego to our Above Ruby's um, family retreat over there, where we have been going for many years. Gary and Trish Evans um they have been uh, organizing these retreats for guess how long for 24 years this was our 24th retreat that they had organized such wonderful faithfulness they have kept going through thick and thin and uh, many times quite circumstances happening that would maybe stop them from doing it but they've kept on and uh, we've had these wonderful retreats out there for all these years. Anyway um, here we are today back again and as I said Michelle is with me. Now Michelle is now my closest neighbour. They live in an RV right next to our house because they are working on building up on the hilltop. Uh they've got ten acres there and I'll let Michelle tell you all about it.
1: Oh, we are so excited. We have ten acres that was heavily wooded that my husband and my boys and well, all of us have been working on and we're just super excited to be down here. We moved here after seeking the Lord and um praying and just looking for land all over and he this is where we ended up. This is where we landed. Um and Nana doesn't know all the stories while she was gone. <laughs> there was also oh. a mouse. Did you hear about the mouse story?
0: Oh, no. Um, well, we one? got it
1: fixed before you la- came oh. back. A mouse chewed through the, oh. the air conditioning wires, and the whole air conditioner was out. So oh, wow. Randy, my husband, came over, fixed the wires, um, once we figured out what it was, and it still wouldn't work. So we had to call, get the air conditioner guy out here, and it had fried the motherboard yeah. so he had to replace it and fix it so it wouldn't happen again and so oh, we got all that fixed and we've been catching the mice and fixing oh, all that so it just goes to show we don't want you to leave for three weeks again I know. <laughs> it was too long i just can't believe it the whole f-
0: place falls apart <laughs> but praise the lord we had you here to rescue it
1: <laughs> we, yes. we put it back together best yes. we could <laughs> oh, but yeah so we're living in the rv we have um four children still at home we have seven total Um, We have a 28-year-old daughter, Taylor, and then a 23-year-old daughter, Callie, who was a Ruby girl here three and a half years ago. Um, A son, Carter, who's going to be 20. And then we have twins that will be 15 in just a couple weeks. Um, We have Elijah, who will be 11 soon. And then Ruthie, our youngest, is six.
0: Yes, oh, we're so blessed just having them here. We'll, when you do get built up there on the hilltop, we'll so miss you here. Anyway, the other day, uh, Michelle and I were talking about, you know, raising family. And she said, well, we have raised our family on four L's. L." And uh, I said, oh, that sounds interesting. Tell me what they are. So she told me and I thought, oh, wow, I agree with every one of them. Michelle, you've got to come and tell the ladies on the podcast all about them. So we're going to start today and we'll start with the first one. I won't tell you the others because we'll keep them a secret till we get on to them. And so tell us the first one, Michelle.
1: The first one is love the Lord. So, you know, we, our job as parents is to teach our children and equip them and influence them. And then they, they get to decide we can't make our children just like we can't make our children love the Lord, but there are things we can do, practical things um, that we can do for our family and for our children to teach them.
0: Yes, I love that you have started with that because that. Is the very first thing, isn't it? To love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind and with all our strength. That's our whole being, isn't it? And um, so to me, and I know Michelle feels the same, that, you know, how can we, how can our children love God like this? Well, they can. They're only going to do it as they see us loving him. I think our children um, learn more by seeing than what we teach them, don't you think? Um, It's more caught than taught. And so our children need to see that we love God? Do do they see it in our lives? Do they see that He is the passion of our lives, that He is the preeminent one in our homes? He is the preeminent one in our lives. Um, yes.
1: Yes, and that is definitely the number one thing when it comes to teaching your children to love the Lord is to live by the example, to give them example. Children are... Imitators. They yes. and we need to give them something great to imitate. Mm-hmm. Um, they they observe, they observe everything we do, um, and our actions and our speech. And are we loving the Lord with all of our hearts and our minds mm-hmm. and our strength? Mm-hmm. Um, and if they see that and they see the joy that comes out of that, and they see the God's blessing that comes out mm-hmm. of that in hard times and good times, you know, they're they're gonna desire. They're going to desire that more. I heard a pastor um, a while back say our children will tend to do what we do in excess, whether it's good or bad. So, and Mm -hmm. even in mannerisms and Mm -hmm. the way we say things, I have a silly little story, but my daughter, Mm -hmm. um, Ruthie, when she was younger, she wasn't even two years old. I think she talked from the day she was born. She's always Mm -hmm. been a talker. Um, We were in the car driving somewhere and we said, someone said something silly and we hear from her little car seat. Oh my word. And I turned around and I was like, what? And my husband looked at me and he goes, that sounded just like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so i not even realizing that's a little phrase I'd picked up that I would say if something was silly or if it was ridiculous, like, mm-hmm. oh my word. And here is my little one and a half year old saying, oh my word, just mm-hmm. the same way I would say it. So they are definite imitators oh yes as the
0: scripture says as is the mother so is the daughter Mm -hmm. and it is so true isn't it i think i shared with you on a recent podcast that passage from um, nehemiah chapter 13 where nehemiah found that there were jews who had married foreign wives and he discovered that these children couldn't even speak the Hebrew tongue. They lived in Jerusalem and couldn't even speak the language uh, that was their language. They were speaking foreign languages. Why? Because that's what their mothers spoke. They imitated their mothers. And so our children are going to imitate us and take on the kind of vocab we have. That's so true. But, you know, I I was thinking, Michelle, that, you know, in loving the Lord, it also includes loving his word, doesn't it? That's part of loving the Lord. If we really love him, we'll love his word. We'll love it. Like David loved it in Psalm 119, that Psalm with 176 verses, uh, 10 of those verses, David bursts out and and says, I love thy law, I love thy commandments. And verse um, 167 says, I love them exceedingly. Not just love them, but love them exceedingly. He says in verse 127 I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. I wonder if we truly love the Lord and love the word above fine gold? Does it mean more to us than all the money we can make and all the material possessions that we want to acquire and uh, even fill our homes with? Um, I think we really show to our children um, where our priorities are, even by the way we plan our days. Mm, absolutely. I um, I've often talked with you about this on our podcast so forgive me sharing it again but I do believe it is so important and and I have always felt that it is so important for us to gather our families every morning and every evening to come into the presence of the Lord to to listen to his word because we love it and to pray to him and worship him because we love him. We don't do it, oh, this is a duty you're supposed to do, but we do it out of passion because we love him and we can't wait to do it. In fact, the the little time we spend in the morning and in the evening out of 24 hours in the day is, is the least we can do. And I think it's the least we can do to show even to our children that God is number one in our lives. Because this habit of, well, some people call it family devotion, some Bible time, some worship time, and whatever you call it in your home, it doesn't matter long as you do it. <laughs> but I guess you have found, like everyone finds, it's easy for it to be crowded out. There's so many things that happen in our lives and we're so busy and this happens and that happens. Oh, wow. And we can't fit it in. But I have found that the only way I can make sure that I fit it in is that this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. It is our habit and everything else in our plan of the day, everything else in life fits around it. And uh, so, this is what we do, and everything else fits around that. Because who is the most important? Is God the, the priority in our lives? And what do our children see when they see other things? Oh, well, we don't have time for family devotions today. Look, we've got to go here. Um, we've got to do this. Yeah, this is really, we've got to get this done. They see these things, things that really we're not going to take to eternity with us, Things that may seem important, but I mean, where's the priority? Who is the most important? Is that thing the most important? Is it more important than meeting with the one we love? And so I think, you know, this is one of the ways, of many ways, we show our love, um, you know, to the Lord because we want to do it. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely, and that's one of the one of the other um, keys to mm-hmm. teaching your children to love the Lord is to remove distractions. Oh, remove yeah. the busyness. Remove mm-hmm. um, it could be anything. I mean, anything in this world can be a distraction. Sports mm-hmm. sometimes, mm-hmm. entertainment, um, mm-hmm. relationships that maybe aren't the greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, remove those distractions, and you have to put the Lord first. Yeah. You know, if we expect our children to love them with all their heart, mind, and soul, we need to, which means he's first. He's number one. Remove the distractions. And mm-hmm. um, our schedule in our home revolves around... Um, what me my husband have sought the Lord after such as Monday night prayer meetings Wednesday night prayer meetings and well other things might come up but my my children know that that's what we're doing and that's what they're expected to be they could be out fishing with their friends or working um or doing good things um but when it comes to prayer time they know they need to be home and and be over there and uh you know and also we tried we also try to make our time in the word we call it family devos in our house Yay. family devotions we try to make it fun yes. you know yes. we sing songs especially when they were younger singing yes. silly silly songs that were just scripture yes. um even in the car you know anything but just make it fun we also did um family fun night on most mm. friday nights and so our devotion would be more geared towards an activity but it always had a lesson in god's word mm. in it and one of for example One of my children's favorite memories, I'm talking about my older ones when they were little, um, was we were talking about in Proverbs where it talks about um, controlling your tongue and words that you speak. And there were several different verses around that. But my husband had gone to the dollar store and bought every child a tube of toothpaste, Um, gave him a paper plate and some tools like Q-tips and um, just different tools they might need for this activity. And he told them all to squirt out the entire tube of toothpaste on their paper plate. Um, And so he did. And then he said, he laid, I think, a $50 bill in the middle of the table and said, whoever can get all the toothpaste back in the bottle and it's full can have that $50. (laughs) So they're trying everything. So needless to say, nobody got the toothpaste back in the tube. And it was all about... Once your words are out, you can't take them back. And how powerful words are. So that was just an example of one of the fun family nights.
0: Oh, that is a powerful one. I think that would be a good one to try in your family, wouldn't it? And uh, I think you'll most probably keep the $50. <laughs> that is amazing. I love that. I think there's nothing like practical things. That's what how Jesus taught. He, he taught so practically, didn't he, uh, about the everyday things of life. And you were talking about prayer and the priority of prayer too. I think we're living in a day when prayer is not really a priority in most homes, and um, I also, you know, our children just grew up, you know, with prayer meetings, and it was part of their their lives. And and you know, people often think that oh, it's just adults who go to prayer meetings but no the, the prayer meeting is the most wonderful place for children and and for babies in fact God wants the whole family to come together. And uh, so many of our prayer meetings, there's, you know, nursing mothers and little toddlers and children. And uh, we have seasons of, you know, whoever is there and they're different ages. That um, often Colin will say to the children, okay, children. You all pray first because you'll most probably be going to sleep. So the children will pray and then it won't be long before they'll just be going to sleep. And, uh, you know, but it's so wonderful that they're sleeping in the presence of the Lord. And it's such a beautiful thing. But it also shows to our children that, you know, that God is... Our priority. We love him, and we long to be in his presence. We we love to pray, and it's the same with you know um, church on Sunday. Many people go to church because okay, that's what you do. But no, we go because we love to go. Because what does it say um, in John, First John three sixteen? We know that we are passed from death unto life because we love the brethren now if we love them well we'll want to be with them won't we and uh, so Many times today, it seems that people can make excuses. Um, Oh, something happens, or, oh, well, we've got to get this done, so we can't get to church today, or uh, these people turn up. Oh, so we couldn't come to church. But, you know, I don't believe that we ever should have one excuse. Rain, hail, or snow, or whatever happens, that is our commitment. There's something about commitment in life, isn't there? commitment to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But we show it in our actions and what we do, don't we? And I think one of them, there's so many ways, but I do think that one of them too is our commitment to the people of God, our commitment to that weekly gathering. Did you notice I said gathering because during this last pandemic there were so many churches who just caved in and stopped church and of course they had their zoom meetings now zoom meetings they can give a powerful message but they're not church they're a zoom meeting they're not church church is the assembling of yourselves together that's what it's about And no matter what, that's what God has told us to do. Now we see many saints in countries where they're being persecuted. They are not allowed to meet together. But do they stop? No, they don't stop, even in the face of persecution. And uh, so a lot of how we live, what we do, our children see it Mm. and they know whether we truly love God with all our hearts or whether we really uh, find that all these little interruptions in life are more important.
1: Oh, absolutely. And another thing we have to teach our children is obedience. Yes. Um, you know, obedience, people argue, well, obedience isn't love, but they're closely related. In, in the Old Testament, God gave his people the Ten Commandments, the law, yes. so he can keep them safe, but also so they could... Follow them to show yeah. their love to the Lord. Um, so yes, yeah. teaching our children obedience and how to listen um, and how to yeah. hear our voice teaches yeah. them how to hear God's voice. Yes. Um, and if you don't have those things, how how we expect to expect them to love the Lord? Um, yes, it's a. It's, I
0: love to uh, look up the different Hebrew words, and one of the most common words for hear. Um, Michelle was just saying how important it is to learn to uh, hear. And I believe um, before our children can even obey, uh, they need to learn to hear. Um, hearing is, is very important. I think it's the, one of the first things that we teach our little children is how to listen how to listen. Jesus said over and over, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now we can hear sounds and even people talking without ears, but are we actually hearing what they are saying? And uh, so before our children can learn to obey, they've got to learn to hear. Here, so I love to encourage mums when they're first teaching their children how to obey and they tell their little child perhaps they're talking to their little girl and they say now Susie I want you to pick up your toys now we have to make sure that she has heard so we say and what did mummy say pick up Toys. Okay, now when mummy says something, you always have to do it straight away. So, okay, can you pick up your toys right now? And so they will respond and pick them up. And uh, so we keep doing that as we're teaching them to obey so that they're hearing our voice and we'll ask them to repeat it so we know they have heard. And then, if they've heard, they must obey immediately. So, we're teaching them how to obey right away. And uh, even as our children get older, it is important to make sure that they hear. No you saying, hey, Bobby, um, can you um, just bring that thing in for me from outside? I need the rubbish bin. Rubbish bin, you call it the trash <laughs> here. I still say all our New Zealand words. Bring in that trash can and, and you could be shouting it out. And he may not have really heard you. Um, you think he's even in hearing distance, but he could have his mind on something else. And you have to make sure they hear um, before you can maybe Discipline for disobedience, no, because you must they must hear, but once they hear, we have to teach them that habit of obeying right away.
1: So, we have a saying in our home that goes, Slow obedience is no obedience. So, my children have to finish it. If I say slow obedience, they have to say is no obedience and they know what that means. So, but back to hearing, um, sometimes our children would be in the other room. I have a child in the other room and I might say something. They might not hear my instructions, but they've heard my voice. So they are expected instead of saying what (laughs) they're expected to come and say, mom, did you need something? Or Mm -hmm. did I, did you say something? Um, so that is that is another form of obedience. That's
0: very that is very important too. Teaching them that, even if they didn't hear you properly, they come back and find out what it was that you wanted. Yes, that is so good. And um, I loved your phrase, slow obedience. Is dis or you say no obedience that's so good because many children will lag as you know to do what you tell them hopefully we've got them into that habit when they are little i always used to say um delayed obedience is disobedience so um take either of those slogans or both of them into your home your children should grow up with those and um Also, I have written here, when your children learn to listen, they learn to obey. And when they learn to obey you, they learn to obey God. Because we are parenting on behalf of God. We have to remember that, mothers. Sometimes we sort of forget really who we are and the authority that God has given to us as mothers. God has given authority to the status of motherhood and fatherhood. It is a powerful status in God's eyes because God is ultimately the, the father. And even in the fatherhood of God, we see the mother nurturing heart of God. It all comes from God. Fatherhood comes from God. Motherhood comes from the very heart of God. And so we are revealing what God is like. And he has given us an authority from him to parent on his behalf. Ultimately, our children are his children. So we are parenting them On his behalf. And so that's why God says, Children, obey your parents. Because when they obey us, they are obeying God. When he says, Children, honor your parents, they are honoring God. When they dishonor us or disobey, they are dishonoring God himself. But I am always perhaps challenged or encouraged in that scripture in Ezek- no, in Leviticus 19, verse 2, where it says, um, fear thou thy mother and thy father. Did you notice something different? Mm. In every other place it says, obey thy father and thy mother, honor thy father and thy mother. But here in Leviticus 19, verse 2, it says, fear thy mother mm. and thy father. God never puts anything haphazardly. Here, the mother is mentioned first, which I believe is significant because, you know, we're with the children all day and by the end of the day, they're hardly hearing what we're saying. And, you know, sometimes it can be all just in the big shambles and and father comes in the door and whoo. Everything everything comes into shape in one word from dad and look out. there, There is something, there's an authority on the father. But God wants the mother to have that authority too. Yes, she has that beautiful, loving, gentle, nurturing bond with her children. But God has also given her an anointing of authority that her children should even... Uh, have an awe of her because they must know that even mother is parenting on behalf of God mm. and um so that's that's quite amazing isn't yes, it absolutely. it really is
1: absolutely you know there's there's another aspect i don't want to leave out um teaching your children to love the lord is testify to remember, testify. Yeah. the word testify means to remember what the Lord has done. Yeah. So remember as a family, but then your children, your children can hear from God, just like they learn at a small age to hear your voice, they will learn to hear God's voice if we cultivate that in their life. And as they learn to hear God's voice, um, and they see God th- doing things in their life or your family's life give them opportunity to testify and remember Um, one of the things we had in our home before we sold it. um, Now it's in a storage box. It'll go back up someday. We had a remembrance wall and it was a wall full of all these different little trinkets and some pictures and just odds and ends. And people would walk in they would see it and they would be like, what is that? And it gave us and our children the opportunity to testify. Everything represented something God did for in our family or um, something significant that we wanted to remember and thank God for um and so there was everything from a seashell to a pine cone to um, you name it it as probably nail, you know, so, but they all had a story of how either God provided or God came through or, um, this amazing opportunity we had that was from the Lord. And, but we encouraged our children to participate in that. And if there was something significant to them and they found a trinket and put it up there and they were able to testify, but you don't have to have a remembrance wall to do that, but just, um get your children talking, because if they can um go back and teach what they've learned um or what God has showed them, then they're going to remember so much more. Corey Ten Boom once said, The best learning I had came from teaching. Yeah. So that is um I've noticed significant in my boys. Um I love during the prayer meeting um when some of the gentlemen here will call out my young men and say, you know, what's on your heart? What, what does God have on your heart today? Um, which is just amazing because God, God can speak to them and it challenges them. Um, and it reminds me of some of my early morning walks with Nancy's daughter, Vange. Um, she comes over many mornings of the week at 6am. You know, she, she tried 530. I pushed it back to six. Um, (laughs) and we go on these early morning hikes. And, you know, one of the first things she asks me almost every day is, what is, what is the Lord revealed to you this morning? And I'm like, this morning, I just rolled out of bed. I may or may not have brushed my teeth, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it challenges me because, you know, I just have to stop for a second and like, oh yes, yes, because God is always speaking and he's always revealing himself. And it's just, we just have to open our ears and listen, willing to hear, (laughs) hear from the Lord. Yes. And oh, yes, I just
0: want to reiterate there as we're closing this session, how I love seeing your boys in the prayer meeting. Here they are, just 14 year old boys, but they are into prayer. It is so wonderful. And they are into the word of God and it. Most prayer meetings, they will have a little scripture that they will just voluntarily read out. And and um, why are they like this? Because they see this passion to pray and love the word in their parents. And so they have got it too. And, and it's so beautiful. Um, I believe we, we pass it on, don't we? I've always had such a love for the word of God. And, and um, just... You know to to receive from His Word and uh, always getting revelations and and uh, so now it just passes on down the family anyway. Time has gone, so let's pray, dear Father. We we thank you that we love you because you first loved us. Oh Father, we ask that you will just do something in our hearts and help us to love you more to to love you lord with all our mind and all our soul and all our heart and all our strength yes that means with all our actions and uh Oh, Father, I pray that you will bless every precious mother and wife and daughter and whoever else is listening, Lord, that uh, we will just all love you passionately, seek after you, love your word, love to pray, love being in your presence. Oh, God, just help us to to just... Uh, oh that we will not be distracted so much by all the material things of this world, but we will seek after you with all our hearts. In the name of Jesus, amen.